welcome, welcome to my lovely IHP community and any new listeners. I hope you're ready for four, not from, but for some 5D mystic fun, enlightenment, functional adult conversations. That's who you're tuning into. And to those who don't believe in mysticism, I'm woo-woo. And I'm pseudoscience lady because my educational manners are definitely not from the academic community since I'm not in academia anymore. But I have a bunch of beautiful educational certificates that support me to add to what I had already began to support you, which is the inner growth mindset. The added attachment and trauma-informed courses, plus my Reiki master tarot readings, Akashic record readings, and becoming an experienced mystic. I have to say that one is actually what we're going to hone in on for a minute or two. A 5D mystic, not 4D, uh, definitely supports me to support you. Now, the sphere of consciousness is looked into by neuroscientists. So essentially mysticism, although our lovely sad guru will say you do not have to understand it, you will have to experience and perceive it, or that's it's meant to be experienced and perceived. Some of us can do all three. That's because I have achieved enlightenment the human way because I'm passionate about being a human like you. Or better said, if you are a person who's passionate about yourself, you'll be passionate about being a human. And not only about yourself, because the reality is we coexist, right? So we care to exist together. Or again, as an eight-year-old, I decided what I wanted to do when I, would, when I grew up. I said, I want to help people. And so I embarked on this journey. And my sentence eventually changed to, I want to support people. Because I realized you can't help people, can't, uh, because they don't need your help sometimes. Other times they don't want your help. And other times the reality is to help people the way I meant it means that they need to have meta-awareness at the very least of themselves. So they, with or without yoga, with or without meditation, mindfulness, and wait a minute, let's uh, talk about yogis, Sadhguru. Being a yogi means you consciously obliterate the boundaries of your individuality to experience the oneness of existence. And it's a beautiful sentence. However, let's translate. It's when you can have an integrated brain. And so when you can obliterate the... No, when you have the ability, one, to be meta-aware, two, to grow equanimous, when you have likes and dislikes, which would be those karmic actions if they become compulsive, and reactive, and every one of us will have moments as we grow up, choice points, to learn how to disengage from karma and to engage in dharma. As those likes and dislikes come up, we get choice points, and it does have everything to do in this and these episodes, since I help people with personal development and your relationships. It will always be about the individual and your relationships societal topics we we touch upon but the focus and I would hope that's clear it's inspire human potential it's an individual potential that then we collectively bring together so as I said woohoo pseudoscience for those evil ignorant academics uh, even though they shouldn't be academics because they obviously don't know what it means to not know everything and it also means the science people think they know everything are no scientists. They might as well go with the flat earthers. And in, in the book of those of us who know, you don't know everything because we're married to Shiva with or without yoga. We're married to the unknown, to nothingness. We're married to knowing that we don't know everything so because it's an actual truth, people. It's not, it's not even 
you know, funny. I, I always think about sentences from lovely Sadhguru. They all mean one thing, like from Jesus, some parables I heard. Become a functional adult. It's called an inner adult in the good mental health expert world. Good mental health because we have some that have not only their own unresolved trauma and humongously, humongously things that take place, which I won't even get into, but furthermore, like our politicians and a lot of other people that are professionals, uh, they're teenagers in the book of what is an inner adult, which aka I've been my entire life because I have meta-awareness and I know how to say, yeah, I did get reactive. Yes, you're right. I'm very aggressive. You know what? I'm going to start working on my tone or at the very least recognize it's true. I'm pretty <laughs> aggressive in these instances. So this is my immediate family. I was a teenager and I was like, you know, I don't like my tone. I'm super reactive. And here's where you should know something about people who are differentiated selves with the driver of self-agency. And that would be my qualities that affected my personality and my three-year-old was not beaten to a pulp and made to be afraid of my household. So I did get the spanking whenever important things happened. Whenever important things didn't happen, I got apologies if it was because of, you know, having been an annoying child, for example, because I was not suppressed in my emotions. So like Gabor Matei says, infants need three things in order to grow up well emotionally and mentally. So no, it's not true that as long as you don't hit them with a frying pan, those professionals from the 1990s were evil, ignorant people. In fact, they needed a good therapist to know that they might have some attachment or more wounds and that that is bullshit. And thankfully, machines were made. People who cared were created like Daniel Siegel, Stephen Porges, Bezel Vanderkoek, Gabor Matei, Peter Levine, Janina Fisher, uh, Pat Ogden, Julianne from whatever her last name is, and so many more, NICABM Institute, Dr. Albert Wong, Sue Martin, and that's from my trauma basic courses, and then I got my Awakened Embodied Certificate, that lovely teacher, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Chris, I don't remember your last name, Dr. Chris, and all of his equip, because they all chose very well who to bring on board. Now, some of them, I have to say, I have noticed, I know when professionals don't know about their teenager I went to school, and in my college years, I actually did stand up for myself in a very specific occasion where implicit bias took its toll, so did cognitive dissonance, and so did everything that the brainwashing community of people can do that I noticed, and I'm being vague on purpose, because when this happened, I was like, I know what's going on, because I know what my major is, and I uh, have the proof, but I know that you who is older than me, grades my papers, and is in charge of everything. If I handle you incorrectly, I will not only fuck my grade up, but I will be obviously in the wrong, because the way that I can express myself can lead me to be on the quote-unquote wrong end. Because, you know, when you insult people automatically to a, if you can't say something nice, shh, say nothing. Take a bit of good advice, songs that we learned, but also Jesus, thank you. Turn the other cheek. Forgive them for they do not know. Remember, be yourself. Don't disrespect those lovely basic commandments. But when you do it without fear, because you assimilated the information, which means you know that your dislikes are your own implicit biases. Unless somebody physically attacks you, then there's something that if you're big enough, you can do to punch them. If you're not, then, you know, that's a different story. 
I mean, yes, we can try, but we, we know that we have no chance or we will assume we have no chance. And, and some of you, oh, you see, do, you know what? I'm not going to try putting myself in that situation. I, wanna, I don't want to figure out if I can physically defend myself. I want to go to school and learn. So, and um, basically, I was smart enough to know and I wanted to handle myself like a good piece of purusha prakriti, pure consciousness. Unconditional love is what purusha means. Prakriti, pure energy, that's when you're in your suit system. I didn't need to be aggressive with my lovely biased professors. As I also said, I'm a smart person. And I know that in any case, when it's personal, that's where the yogis are not, the teenagers, that's for sure. They don't know how to handle their emotions. And I see a lot of people who think they're adults and they are nowhere near adults. No, no. They don't even know the first thing about an integrated brain or their optimized human being version, yet they want to speak and lecture us. And so here's what a three-year-old who maintains a differentiated self and does grow up with no shame has to say to anyone that looks down or up. I'm woo-woo pseudoscience lady. Don't you know I don't know shit? You know. You know everything. But I don't do it with this tone. Because the minute I know you think you're better than me, I know I got a person who has low self-esteem and I really don't have anything to do there. And also, by the way, since I'm a smart person, what I do know, again, we're a piece of consciousness. You're an opportunity. And it's a good one. I get to choose. Am I going to hold my valley body and heart body? What is that, Maria? Let's see. So I am determined, though, because I was given the beautiful ability to have a third of attunement and lo and behold, repairs of ruptures. So when I did get yelled at because I was annoying, I was informed that it was not right or whatever it was. I, I have no doubt about it because I know my mother. So I know when sometimes I stress her out and how she handles that one. And so given that information, I know I have secure attachment, which is why I did not get a shame break, but also because I have the dominant driver of self-agency. And we have self bonds, and certainty. Those are three drivers. And I learned from Daniel Siegel in Interpersonal Neurobiology how those drivers, and he's writing a book which hasn't come out yet, but his hypothesis, and that's why I can't wait for it to come out, is the part where he worked out how the drivers affect your personality or your character traits. Basically, we have the adult attachment interview that supports you to understand your attachment category, not the style. They're two different schools of research. Styles are for grown-ups and those lovely people who want to uh, have people lecture them and support them in their grown-up relationships. And it's really great if people do do that. Hopefully they find a good attachment therapist, coach, and not somebody who's selling them biblical texts alongside their attachment findings, which instead you find and Lo and behold, though, we have people who don't know about their implicit bias and they lead with their karma. They lead with their story. So they will be actually happier with the lecturer and bias tainted glasses attachment uh, coach because they are like, yeah, that's what relationships are all about. He has to bow down to me and protect me and do everything. Listen to me. Be my perfect girlfriend all of it, and you know, look at that. See, now that's a man who knows how to nurture me, and I, I will know that I'm only physically protected when he's around, and I know that only he knows about machines, and I'm dumb when it comes to machines, 
that he will know how to fix everything and I'm illiterate when it and these are things that you can see the other end of the spectrum I've seen this one repeat the lectures men and women if you say things like this men can't do this and women can and there were a bunch of, of, of fucking quotes this woman used oh my gosh this woman I do not enjoy her See, I know it, but she does have a crowd. Oh, yes, she does. And they bow down to her like the Venus goddess that she comes off that stage as. And if she's yelling at you, oh, my gosh, will you see women and men allow that woman to just give them the two cents? Because that woman knows everything. And she's on that pedestal. And let me say this. She cares about her crowd. You can tell she's like in what was that? The, there's that TV show that I never watched, only a couple episodes. It's horrible. And there was one of them that is, uh, considers herself this benevolent. In fact, oh my gosh, that's exactly who she looks like. But she's not torturing anyone because luckily we're in 2024 and she can't go around doing that. Otherwise, I'm not really sure if she would be as benevolent as, as she is now. Mm. Okay, so I've seen people bow down to this woman. I've seen people bow down to a lot of people. And I've also seen people turn around when they didn't get the magic wand and insult and, and become spirituality is a cult. They're a cult. They're selling snake oil. And there you go. Lo and behold, that's how mystics become. That's an evil bitch and stuff like that. So I'm good with the woo-woo pseudoscience. I know some people are like, uh-oh. Hey, Christian, come here. Here we have a list of names. All these people on YouTube do not engage. And here's, I'm thinking about, oh, this is another funny cartoon. This one was of Christmas. So there's this town that had a feud. What's it called? It's such a cute one. Klaus, K-L-A-U-S. I think it's a German cartoon that they done. I, I watched it in English. So this town had a feud. They had a feud going on, which makes me think of something really sad, which, you know, the Europeans fucked up big time. I'm a political science major, and I don't want to get into that one. I understood exactly the hypocrisy of all of the politicians, and now I know it's because they're inconsistent people who are teenagers without healthy self-worth. And so I know that we have people who are definitely dumbed down because their attachment wounds and trauma is fucking up the world. And as pointed out by some, it's definitely disorganized attachment. So they have attachment traumatization. They continue to use the word devil and evil and religions. And, and then we have the poor, unfortunate souls go, like Ursula. They go to seek an Ursula. And they, lo and behold, either wake up to go to another Ursula. And that's why I'm here with the human love narrative, by the way. I'm going to be speaking only to people who want to use their independent brain. Other than that, they have plenty of people who give them magic wands. And when they switch sides, you can always tell because they become another version of themselves. They deny everything they said before. No, no, I never called them master. No, I didn't. No, they were just like a friend, really. <laughs> okay. I pretty much remember when you were like all over. My master told me blah, 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 blah. And then, oh, blah, blah, blah. I was like, wow. Okay, but let me know. I didn't know about structural dissociation. But now that I do, I'm like... I was a smart cookie already. If you can't say something nice, no, this is called, as the Buddhist psychologist teach people, and I didn't need that, but I learned it from one of my trauma courses. It's called the right silence. It's called the 5D plane. It's called the grown-up plane, where I know that if I say something, I'm not going to help the situation. As I was saying, I wanted to help people. I learned how to do it, which is by minding 
my own drum roll, do my own fucking business. Because mind your own business, you little know-it-all. And now I know that they were so right. I was such an annoying teenager because I thought about it. Mm. And with self-agency, I said, you know, if people tell me what to do, I would not, I don't ever listen to them at all, not even a little bit. I mean, I only need to say it floats my boat and it agrees with how I think. Hmm. Let me think about that. So are they really choice points? No, no, no. I actually am so stubborn that if I don't like it or believe in it, it I listen to it because, you know, that's, that's the nice thing. They're sharing with me something. It's called a moment of life. If I don't like it, I know how to handle myself because my mother taught me to be nice and the world doesn't revolve around me and, and I find that fair. But they tell me how to do life. Do I listen? No, I don't. Not even a little bit. Ah. And why am I going around being like a little dictator? You know what? That is hypocritical, Maria. Here's meta-awareness for you, by the way, with an inner growth mindset. And that's because I have compassion towards myself. It's basically I love myself and others equally the same. So I treat others like I treat myself. It's called don't cast stones. I'm not bigger, better than you. It's called healthy self-worth. So as a teenager, I already had it. And in fact, I called it confidence. Now I know it as healthy self-worth, integration of the brain. You're optimized. You, any one of you can do this. Now, let me come in in a minute. The people who have attachment wounds and so not securely attached and they have unresolved big trauma, so they have fragmentation or little trauma unresolved, all of those equal heartbroken three-year-old freaking out one-year-old, no emotional body, so they suppress those emotions like fuck and they find unhealthy soothing patterns because without secure attachment, you don't know a whole self yet. And your actual brain uh, works differently because your brain had to protect you because your emotional body, as I said, was disconnected. And so that means those brain circuits, anger, fear, certainty, uh, and then there's other ones also, like, uh, they say lust, but I think that's sex or love, even though it's not love, because love turns on with your ventral vagal state, so it has nothing to do with sex, and that's because it's a whole different chemistry, although the oxytocin gene hormone, of course, turns on when you're having sex, but the dopamine is what you really want to understand, and that's why there's a difference when people are into wanting to have coitus with you just to fuck you, versus when they care about you, so when heart is involved, and that's because a mystic who's a mystic will know the difference, and that's only if they're 5D. If they're 4D, no, until they learn how to get into oneness consciousness, then they'll know the difference, and then they will also disengage from any type of no relationship, meaning no intimacy, meaning no suit system, meaning my amygdala doesn't have any interest in your inner or outer well-being, that I just treat you like a sex object, because that's exactly what people who treat each other like sex objects do. But again, if they don't know the sued system yet, they won't know the difference. So they will think of lust as the highlight and their dopamine effects, just like when you're watching porn or whatever it is, because really, if you learn from sex therapists, and I do in my courses and on YouTube, there's one that was really great about explaining a couple of things, one of which uh, orgasms are purely psychological and you can actually work with it. She gives this whole way that you can work with it in explanation. I was like, I laughed my ass off because I was like, I had heard about 5D playing being something in a very specific way and now I know. And also as a solo polyamory person, my partners are not always sexual in any way, shape or form. So with gray asexual, 
I was like, yep, that's the truth right there. Because if you are objectifying me, I will know it and I will not actually be around you at all anymore. And so that's something that people who don't know the suit system think is a ridiculous made up story or something like that. Now, as a grown up with trauma informed, I know that some people don't know that they objectify themselves and that they have a shame cycle. But when you're smart enough to know what compulsive fucking alcohol is and drugging, which I've seen. When I would go out with the hens and the uh, roosters at my late 25, I had a group of friends and I saw them, and we'll talk about that. My regular listeners know the stories. I saw them do things. And when people who don't know what healthy self-worth means hear these stories and they think hangover and mean girls is our optimized, because see, they don't believe in being human. They, they believe humanity is a piece of shit. So they think they're pieces of shit. As a teenager, I would tell them, I learned how to not to repeat that because people let me go back to why in my college years, I already was smart enough to know if I handle this incorrectly. So, and we're going to go back to the no past, not the future. When I was a teenager, I handled myself. Thank you, Jesus and God in ways that I was taught and mother uh, because of equanimity. So I know that the world doesn't revolve around me like any good three-year-old does who grows up and teenager and a person who was determined, thank you, Robert Spolsky, or whatever his last name is, this beautiful book, I was determined because my implicit bias was, ooh, I love people, yay, I want people, because I wasn't frightened by my parents, my primary caregiver, and I was not also in a household where I was frightening, where it was frightening. So I didn't have abuse, neglect, none of that. I didn't have a soldier-type parent who suppressed my emotions. Oh, Gabor Mate, as he spells out, Three things an infant needs in order to be able, and, and he's only one of the great therapists, people, physicists, people, or phys, yeah, physicist, physician, physician. I forget all of the titles. Okay, that's why I'm also pseudoscience lady. So, lovingly acceptance, not to work for love, and not suppression of emotion. Okay, so one of my childhood emotions was suppressed. My lovely regular listeners know the story, but I know why. So, we're going to leave that one out of the book. And, oh, for the tone and my self-agency, why do I know that it was self-agency? Because I would be so fuming with my family, my twin and my mother. And so at the age of about 16, I was like, you know what? And that's our last uh, charge state year. 14, 15, 16 is the fight. So you can better bet my fight was all over that. And I didn't like to be aggressive and reactive because I was. Anytime they would speak, I would be with a tone. And to this day, people will see me and they will come and say, you do have a tone with your family. And I'll be like, yes, that's my colleague. That's my three-year-old. Now I know, and it's so snap and done that it's been taking time. I'm 43. I think I'm at a good sweet spot, but still there are things that will trigger it. And so on that note, I work with it. And it's Daniel Siegel who shared the different drivers have different emotions leading them. And that would be where self-agency is anger, while bonding is certainty, because you want to make sure that you have meaning in life. And that's all the 4D people who, we're going to go save the day, and they actually create ethical cults, okay? And we also have culty cults and traditional cults. So those people bond, they need a herd. And then we have the ones who are afraid purely of people and they want to herd. 
because of fear. And so they're going to seek whoever it is that keeps them safe, which is why that's something. Then, as Terry Real points out, people learn how to be loving towards themselves in the way they were held. So it's confusing for people when they hear love yourself first. For me, it wasn't, but that's because I was held with equanimity and unconditional love. And I was accepted with all my flaws and imperfections, so I knew how to be imperfect without being ashamed of myself. Because again, I have a parent, my primary caregiver, who taught me all about, no, it's also because of me. It's not just her. I learned how to self-regulate in my suit system <clears throat> because of me and because of my twin, most likely, who was the body that I could curl up to next to me and have a soothe system because we were of the same age. And of course, we were going to synchronize together as infants, luckily for us, and stuff like we were in warm climate. So here's why you are determined. So I know all of things about me and what can have led me to be a person that is this. And so lo and behold, I don't need to talk about God or Jesus. I do talk about God or Jesus, but God is consciousness, the energy around me, because as a mystic, I have a relationship with the intelligence sphere. Otherwise, I would not be able to do tarot, channeled guidance, Akashic record readings. I would not be able to. All people can access the sphere, as neurosciences and the lovely quantum physicist and particle physicist and just anyone who's also a philosopher will tell you, or existential psychologists, all the great academics who do navigate and dabble into the sphere and are open-minded. So they will not tease or ridicule or make mysticism or any of the stories of spirituality. So here's what a smart human being knows about mysticism and spirituality. Smart means emotionally mature. Stories are what people need to be told in order to understand data. No, storytelling is what we come from, people. Oh, fuck. Did nobody learn about the art of our ancestors on walls? I did in my art history class. Oh, Oh, did nobody learn about cultures? Oh, wait a minute. Am I the only one who knows how to break things down in the absence of a preference? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure I'm not. But I'm pretty sure I'm one cookie that knows how to say, what the fuck? Did you not know that our basic emotions were because we lived one with lions and bears? Oh, let me make another comparison. Do you think about where your water comes from? Do you remember that there's like, I don't even know how many tubes at this point and the first, what? aqueduct was something along the lines of the Roman Empire. I don't even remotely think of that when I turn on the water, like when kids who don't know about the for internet don't know that, no, it's not Google to get online with the internet. It's actually the phone and now it's like satellites. And Okay, so hopefully I've made my point of just how far away people do not remotely apparently know how to be meta aware in a very grounded way i i do not because i'm a mystic though i'm just a person who's like wow humans you're fucking awesome high five look how far we've come because there's one thing i don't want to be in and that's called the forest uh, and the only time i've ever went is with people hmm that i had to to be polite and that i was okay with because they're they're family friends and then with people that I trust, like the back of my hand independently and to sacrifice. Yes, it's basically, OK, fine. I know you have I know you enjoy doing this, so I will come and just suck it up. And today at 43, will I do it again ever? No, no, no. Actually, I've chosen. 
I'm going to be stubborn. I'm not coming to the forest. I don't want to do it. And you can go by. Go and climb the Mount Everest. Go and live somewhere in the middle of a rock. Please, I'm not coming. I want a city and I'm okay with pollution and I'm going to go vote. And that's what I want to do because I feel safer with people than out in the middle of the jungle. And lo and behold, we all know our personalities and what we want to do and how we were determined. And hopefully I've given you 30 minutes to contemplate something called the human love narrative because it's that easy for a securely attached person who has true self-worth because it's healthy. I'm not superior and inferior to you. I have meta-awareness. Okay, so storytelling time. I do it differently because I'm not here to lecture you. I'm here to talk to those who are inspired to be their higher potential, which means you're motivated by yourself, not because you're trying to accomplish, uh, I want to be with someone. And whether it's unconscious or conscious, I don't give a shit. I, I'm not, I'm, I've seen so many people who think they're doing something. Oh, and they're not at all. Uh, so when you flip sides, a person knows you flipped a side because you were disappointed because you didn't get the, when you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. All that you will wish will come true. Okay, so when you're a person who knows you've made a wish upon a star and it actually doesn't come true at all, and you're fuming or whatever emotion can come up, and you're meta-aware. Do you know what a 5D mystic knows how to do when that happens? Oh, oh, oh. And also when it happens in a different way where you will have been made a fool of yourself all by yourself. Okay, so here's what a meta-aware person knows about their own brain and desperation. Or when you wish upon a star and you believe in it as if you were a child. And I'm not kidding right now. Meta where people know when our child parts are present because it will feel like when you're a child who has hope. And you'll know how to use the word child because you'll know you have been a child. And you'll know that human feeling because you're a fucking human, not a star in the middle of the ocean, uh, in the sky, although we're also stars. Okay, so again, enlightenment, the human way. And uh, this is where all of our oversoul, and that's humanity. I'm not sharing one person. No, it's the entire herd. All of humanity gives every human being on the face of this fucking planet an opportunity to choose what I'm describing to you, which you don't have to pick at all. In fact, the beauty of being yourself is that you pick whatever the fuck you want, which is why, as I said, I learned you don't help people. At best, you support people, and I do understand this with a grown-up tone, which is, well, of course, I don't matter a fuck in your life. I'm not your brain. I don't have your mind. I don't have your story. That's for sure. I don't have your human suffering. No, no. And I do not in any way, shape or form have your nervous system because I don't have this compulsive thing or this shame thing, this unhealthy self-worth. No, I actually have where I do love myself first and I know it. And because I know it, I know that I'm selfish just like you are. I can admit it. Apparently you don't know how I'm going to be okay with that because I learned how to be okay with people thinking they don't have an ego self. And nobody is good, nobody's perfect, nobody's bad. I just know that you have an ego and so do I. It means I know I have opinions and preferences and why aren't you admitting it too? So I grew up understanding what is called the right silence from my teenage years because I did understand that my emotions ruled me because I'm not a stupid person. And I knew it because of my mannerisms because I could hear my tone and I could 
say, you know, it isn't nice, Maria. So I didn't shame myself. And also I did choose as a teenager how I would not use my words because it did become very clear just how fragile, and I mean this, how fucking fragile humans are as a teenager. I saw things that I said, okay, yeah, wow, people are really fragile. I don't want to use my words like that. I will learn how to use my words in a way that my heart body and value body, according to Jesus, and this very thing called love, which is going to be unconditional. I forgive them for they do not know. I turn the other cheek. I will understand, blessed are those who believe without seeing in the unconditional love of the God that I learned, which is, I made you in my image, your brothers and sisters. I do not agree with bloodshed, although there are those who read other scriptures and they just use history books or whatever it is, and they forget that they hide shit from us and that it's fear-mongering. Anyways, uh, God is the intelligence, energy, Holy Spirit. It's love. It's not any of the bullshit that other humans use. They're called authoritarians, influencers, manipulators, and they all have a trust break with humanity, and they're all pretty much in their survival mode, and they are a dying breed because you know what happens to your body as you spend time in your survival mode? Well, those of us who spend time in our suit system Mine is actually healthy and yours is not. And that's also because I know moderation and everything. So the minute that my physical body gives me a cue that it's not happy is the minute that I'm going to be aware of it and not at the end of the tunnel when I'm fucking in a desperate situation. No, uh, the only desperate situations that happen to people who know how to navigate their suit system are very much mild. So we do recognize we're lucky. And it's called knowing about how to hold yourself with equanimity and meta-awareness, like I've been describing, which means I'm not perfect. Uh, no, no, not even close, but I'm not going to have you tell me that boot camp is right because it puts people into shape when they need to be put into shape because society has a problem. And so, yeah, boot camp makes you a man and a woman because I do have a military school background so I know all of that and, and I care for my loved ones but uh, I do not care for that brainwashing mechanism and I am also an American and I have already been told by the extreme uh, people how uh, what is the word you are non-patriotic so I know all about the way that an adaptive child does oh you didn't pick our side so now I'm going to start weaponizing words and I'm going to say you're not an American you're not proud to be one. It has nothing to do with being proud. And on that note, I'm not proud of authoritarian and or any uh, bullshit aggressive behavior. No, I'm not proud of that because that's not the optimized human version of you. It's basically a person who has trauma. It's not the devil. I wish that, you know, it would be that because at least we'd have an excuse. But, you know, devil only exists in the mind's eye because it's a plane in the imagination sphere. And so as a mystic, I do know where those uh, nightmares and entities live, and it's in the brains of people who don't get good therapy and in the brains of people who don't get good therapy, EMDR, child parts work, and somatics or sensory motor because every person that I've ever met that has had experiences with dark entities, and again, I'm a mystic, they all have had big trauma, not small trauma, big trauma. And I have shared that with them. And thank goodness for Patrick McNamara, neuroscientist who proves through his research and of course it's going to take time for him to keep building that empirical research but he already has a 
buttload of good research where there's no demon that possesses people when they have demonic possession. So you can watch his interview on the well. So when you're a smart person, uh, you do know how to organize what you've been told as a story and what you feel and oh, dealing with the unknown, uncertainty and unexpected because you're a human. So you don't need existential psychology, although I did learn about that field as I began the Inner Growth Mindset book with psychology, sociology, and lo and behold, existentialism in its pure philosophical form. Today we got existential physics with Sabine. I can't wait to read that book. And we got determined from our lovely neuroscientist, Robert, whatever. And so you can see how a smart person understands data, story. That's because functional adults, let me go back to Terry Real as he presents, know how to say, here's the data, here's my feelings, here's my story with my feelings too, or here's actually data, story, and feelings, because feelings will come with a story. And not always though, because some of us, Terry, we know how to say, yes, I have an emotion, so I do have a story, and I can connect it to when you make a wish. No, I can connect it to, I know about my oversoul, and I'm a mystic. And so here I saw this song, uh, Let's Change the Stars. It's from this movie that dramatizes these two people, the unrequainted love, so they make it out to be that they can't be together. And there's a beautiful song where him and her do a dance of tango, and it's not tango because it's all visceral, because they're basically saying we want each other, kind of like Romeo and Juliet, but we can't. And in this case, she's the one who says we can't because you won't accept me because when we walk out of here, you're going to see, nobody's going to want to see us together and they're going to discriminate against us. And you know, you know the tale of the power couples that live on a high with their survival mode because everyone's against them. There you go. They got their adrenaline rush going on. And so they're part of the human suffering love narrative. So they believe love has to be a battlefield. And so these are they're talking about he says we can change what 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 can happen if we if we change the stars so they believe the stars are fixed as do the 4d mystics as does anybody who thinks there's destiny and see here's where when you have met awareness and you do believe like i do in destiny but here's the thing you believe in it as a person who knows that you participate so see your destiny from the stars, and I'll never forget one of my first aha moments. One of my favorite quotes is from an unknown source, and it's, um, everything that happens has a reason, every action has a reaction, and everything that is meant to come to you will find its way to you, something along those lines. And the first time I became humanly aware of what that meant and why I did believe in it, as well as why the blind faith I have is not in a entity there's no puppet string master there's a sphere of intelligence and thank goodness the neuroscientists are looking into it there's hard consciousness is what they call it so like the existential psychologist talked to you about the human condition they call it the human dilemma because they do the human suffering narrative bit and i don't so as the philosophical existentialists with their stories okay so when you uh, see songs what if we rewrite the stars and you laugh about it it's because you know that you can every day of your life rewrite the stars thank you to the book determined which i'm sure he's going to share that because he knows of people like pat ogden who with sensory motor helps you let me go read that one though because this one's more important to put into a good way of sharing that information and that would be 
Uh, here is lovely Pat Ogden. So she's talking about how physical exercises with your body to accentuate your implicit memory defense mechanisms. And in this case, it's a video on please appease and how uh, working this exercise of accentuating a smile allowed her to help one of her clients to feel what that smile was doing in her please appease ways. And it was, I really, 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 as a zero, one-year-old, three-year-old who did not get accepted, want you to approve of me. So this fake smile that I've got always, no matter what's going on, as I accentuate it with you in a safe space, my therapist, who's helping me with sensory motor mechanisms, because it's a whole way of psychotherapy, wow, the images, sensations, meanings, affects, behaviors, the words came up from my body as I exaggerated this smile, because that's what it's called to have thoughts from your left mode that come up and say, this means I want your approval. And then the body of yours says, yes, because I'm scared. You only know that you're scared because you know you're in a defense mechanism called please appease because you're in the hands of a good therapist who explained that safety behavior to you, but it's because you want to be there and understand what it means to be a person who has please appease, which is a safety behavior. And you're not going around saying, I'm a please appeaser. You have to leave me alone because I'm building my healthy boundaries now because I learned everything. No, that's a teenager with a cloak and they're a non-disciple who's using words and they're not using them well because they're also whining, which means they're projecting. And they're now saying, if you don't filter yourself for me, it means you don't know how to tend to my nervous system, which is correct because we're not going to be tending to that. You just attacked me with your uh, mongering words of whatever that is. I don't have a pity party for you. I will know how to handle you. That's a functional adult love language, though, which will be, I'm so sorry. Wow, you went through what? Oh, wow, that, can I hear more? Wow. You know what? I'm happy you're working with, are you working? You're not, oh, wow, that, that, you know, I have some therapists if you want. No, you're good. You have all the knowledge. Okay, that, that's nice. Got it. Yes, next time I'll, I'll definitely make sure to try and do this. And we're, we do care, uh, but it's in a way of you just projected shit at me. You were very rude. You attacked me. You asked me to filter my mind, read, read your mind, filter my mouth, all things that mean don't be yourself to another human being. I do understand that you were reactive with your karma, definitely, and the way you were held. And you just basically used what you learned from online as a crutch. And I'm a bigger person, which means I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a child anymore. So I, I won't be enjoying in-depth conversations with you. That's for sure, because I, I don't know how to filter my mouth for children. I, I'm not a child, as I said. I, I don't do that. I don't do ego-sensitive talk. I'm sure you're going to find a crowd that yells about pleasing, appeasing, just like you do. And you're going to be like, oh, they get me. They get me. Look, look. And you're going to find a leader that also says, yes, us please appeasers. This is, this is how you do it. So I know you're going to find a crowd and that's how you rewrite your stars. There you go. Good, good. Go, go with the superhero cape. All of the please appeasers who found their leader. And there you go. And they won't know any different, by the way. You all know the difference because I'm explaining to you a dynamic that does take place. Believe me when I share with you, they don't know the difference because I have proof of it. And we'll get back to the story in a minute of when I was in school with the implicit bias people, teachers. These are grown-ups that learned about political science and bias. Lo and behold, 
I, I think they, they are blinded just like those therapists and politicians who are blinded by their own actual inner child and that some of us be like, whoa, there's another one bites the dust and thanks for the data. Got it. Bye. Ciao. See you tomorrow. Okay, back to Pat Ogden. So when we do these little experiments, as she says, these are much more than just physicalizing experiments because they bring up the implicit memories that are full of meaning and emotional pain. And when we do these experiments, it's not about the content anymore. So it's not about the reaction or the projection. No, it's about how this person is organized around a particular issue. So when they face a person or a situation, that issue brings up their human being suffering. So the two couples ending on the, how about if we write, we rewrite the stars and it ends in this dramatic way of, no, we can't from her and him. Uh, and this scene of these two people, and I don't even know, I think I watched the whole movie, so again, they're all in the drama land of, you poor unfortunate souls, like anything that is on TV, because seriously, I've seen it all, they all do the drama, the drama, because people, they actually say, I have battled, and guess what, I forgave people that didn't even apologize, I made sure not to point it out because I knew they had unresolved trauma and I am a beautiful superhero and they don't even speak it, people. They think it. Guess what people know as mystics? Wow, that person does not know about unconditional love and they're holding a scoreboard. I'm out. Uh, thank you. Your body has everything to tell me. When your implicit memory comes up, I know it because I'm a nervous system like you and Lo and behold, I know how to differentiate. Thank you, Daniel Siegel, and thank you to describing what enmeshment is and when people do it and re-traumatization and when people do their story as they're actually trying to have you be a part of it and you're not a part of it. So we learn how to be, uh, no, I'm not your crutch. Uh, I'm not going to be pulled by foot underneath me. I'm going to learn how to speak to you every time that happens and either you learn how to not use the crutch with me and you can walk with the crutch i'm not going to be the crutch and i i will learn how to no i don't learn we we coexist we become a muy and there are people that i know they have please appease attach cry collapse submit fight flight fright all of it they're teenagers all over the place i'm not a crutch for them it's called i'm a functional adult so i always tell my people what i think and because they are whole i'm not saying they have to get to anywhere they don't have to move into enlightenment the human way no they don't even have to move a flinch from their survival mode. No, no, they don't have to undo drama. They have people they go do drama with all the time. I'm just not one of them. That's all. So when they go to good therapists, here's what they find out. These experiments or psychotherapists with sensory motor like Pat Ogden, uh, it's not about the content anymore. It's about how a person organizes around a particular issue. We're getting under the content into implicit phenomenon that drives the content. So we're changing patterns of organization through that, which is at the root of healing and change. Thank you to the Robert. When he writes Determined, I'm pretty sure because of the story he shares about the baboons that he's talking about, once you find out of your determined, you can heal and change too. Now, that's why people say something different, which is, no, no, you want to learn that being yourself means you heal what is your own, maladaptive safety behavior responses and that is where it comes to people 
Terry Real, and any person who teaches people about trauma and how to get out of that adaptive child will share with you. Trauma is relational, intimacy is the core. You learned how to love yourself first from your household. So if you have attachment traumatization, you didn't learn how to be in your suit system, number one. If you did not get held with equanimity, you don't know how to hold yourself with equanimity, number two. So you don't know meta-awareness, number three. You doing yoga won't teach you the psych education, and you learning psych education and using it against people won't teach you anything except for how to be a lecturer, like all those other people out there. And the ones who actually care to be their self will notice all of these things without it having to be shared with them because there's one thing that drives them. And it's called, it must have been love, but it's over now. It must have been good, but in a somehow. And we're going to move into part two where I continue to share with you stories and make humorous jokes and treat you like adults and not stupid people because you're not stupid people. In my book, you're smart people. If you have a preference, that's okay. You got plenty of 4D mystics out there that are going to allow you to prance around in your superhero capes. And unlike Sadhguru, who shares with you in his most amazing ways how, let's go to, you poor unfortunate souls. No, that's Ursula. Go ahead, make your choice. No, 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 right? Okay, so those who earned the grace of, no, not that one. Thank you, Sadhguru. Where are you? Nope, not that one. Wait a minute. Let's go to my favorites. This where, this one. Joyful madness, I love it, is better than death-like sanity. Yes. I will be a woo-woo pseudoscience lady to the lady until the death of me. Till death do me part, I will love to share with you 5D mysticism, enlightenment, functional adulthood. And here, the most precious thing is life itself. Will you realize this now or only on your deathbed? Ta-da! So I've met a lot of people that will get to their deathbed because they don't know this. Human potential has no limit. Thank you, Sadhguru, again. It can go as far as you have the desire or courage to walk. Yes, said Guru, but they do need to learn about psych education because your yoga and philosophy will only help so much because the ventral vagal nervous system toning, check. The trauma memory coming up, check. Meta-awareness, mindfulness, meditation, check. And their brain structure, growing the corpus callosum, check. Growing hippocampus, check again. Growing the, lo and behold, da-da-da, let me remember... I forget the connectomes. There you go, interconnected connectomes to integrate your brain check. And lo and behold, prefrontal cortex, hippocampus, and I forgot there's one connectome. Oh yes, the, the corpus callosum. That's the one that connects your left and right for let's work on that bilateral non-integration, please. Check, 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 check. That's what yoga and mindfulness meditation helps you with. That's why Somatics call you the angry Buddhist when you're in your restorative embodied self, not because you're Buddhist, but because all of Buddhism and anything in the spirituality both teaches you how to get to your human nature. Here you go, enlightenment to human ways. So thank you, Sadhguru, though, for being there for the spirituality soul age group. And as you say, let's finish his quote. Uh, you can go as far as to uh, unleash your human potential. It's not about reaching the peak, he says. It is a trajectory. And people who don't know about healthy self-worth will not know what the fuck they're doing with yoga. They'll just prance around and do, I did Shambhavi Kriya, and I did inner engineering. I did those, by the way. And I did Grace of Yoga. And my guru, he tells me all, and he's not trying to do this, by the way. I've seen him, how he talks. I ain't, I ain't here to baby you. Unfortunately, said guru, they don't know that because they're following you like a 
person who's a baby. Here's another one. Every experience of your life, light and darkness, pain and pleasure, misery and joy, agony and ecstasy, happens only within you. Yes, but if you don't know about Pat Ogden and Peter Levine, Peter Levine, trauma memory is stored in your bones, your muscle, and in your tissues. And as it unravels, it comes forth through that. And he is for somatic experiencing, trademarked. And he works with, or worked with, Diane Heller, lovely lady, and she knows all about attachment styles and somatic experiencing. Check her out. I did a course with them. Okay, and we're going to now move into part two. When you do understand all of what was shared, and if you have questions, reach out. You know why people are determined as the lovely book of this Robert Sapolsky or whatever his last name is, and he's a neuroscientist. You also know why there's no demon that possesses people. Thank you, Patrick McNamara. And you know, like Peter Levine, when he is helping a woman, an old, old woman with her chronic pain, and she comes into his office. This is a story he shares and says, you're not God and I'm not coming back to you. You're the devil, something like that, because he was actually healing her. <laughs> but what happened was because your trauma memory is stored in your bones and tissues and your muscles, and when it comes up, it comes through images, or excuse me, let me do the, the right, uh, it's coined as CMAB, sensations, images, affects, meaning, behavior, or meanings or behaviors. These are the five things that those who study about the basics of trauma and trauma memory, which is not the event that happens to you. No, it's your window of tolerance and it's if there's a break. And those five ways are those five things basically come up. Okay, and so this lady had dream, a dream. And in her dream, whatever came up was something where she said, you're healing me and you're not God. I know you're not because you're a therapist. Can I... I'm going to tell you that you're the devil. Like those extreme Christians are saying yoga is the devil. This lady wasn't even doing yoga. She was in a therapist's hands who did, though, physical activity that unlocked, lo and behold, the 80% of your body's memory, that's your divine feminine people, lo and behold, people don't learn about yoga when they're saying, it brings out the demons and spirituality is a cult because, oh, they didn't help me. And no, it's because they got a fucking nightmare. And their ancient Christian people said, you do tarot, what? Didn't you remember our ancient ancestors told us that that's the demon? What are you doing? Akashic record readings. Uh-uh-uh. Nah, nah, nah. You're playing with fire. Don't you remember the ancient medieval times? Oh, don't you remember the people who were whipping themselves and talking about the suffering, don't you know? And because they're not smart enough to know that they just had a nightmare and that's all, and they don't know about Patrick, no, they might not, they might know about neuroscience. They don't believe in Patrick McNamara. No, no, the neuroscientists are liars. AI is a monster. Technology and seeing energy and knowing how our brain works is not true. It's all made up. It's a made up story because all of these holes are not filled like how did we learn to walk? Whatever it is that they will have made up. So long story short, you know a child when you see one. And let's go back to what if we rewrote the stars. And when you do know, when you wish upon a star. Okay, so I'm sharing this and that. And this is for one of my regular listeners. Like I said, if you have questions, reach out. We are choice points for each other. I love 
all of my choice points. Do I like every single one of them? I would be a liar if I said I did. But I would be a liar if I said that I didn't know how to emotionally, physically, and mentally handle any of it. Because as you can tell, I love life. And the only people who think I'm a liar are the same people that I don't give a shit about proving anything to because I don't need to. <laughs> That's the part of when they think that whether it's they're evil or they're gullible or whatever fucking me. I met them all as a teenager. I know one thing about teenagers. They play who's got it bigger and they have all low self-esteem. And now I'm a grown-up and Maria, be nice. They have attachment wounds and trauma history. They think the devil's real and that they're evil or that evil exists. And they didn't learn about Michael Stone, forensic criminologist who has a beautiful scale of 1 to 22. And all of those people need a good therapist. Yes, I see the shit that goes on in the world and all those people need to understand that our politicians need good therapy. They're a disorganized attachment with most likely some of them DID alters. They're living hell in their body. They have nightmares. The people that are children follow them because they like the distorted reality that they present because they believe in the apocalypse. And it is here because of the way that they're translating the ancient text and it's true. So here's what a 5D mystic knows as we approached this lovely 2024. There came a moment in time where I said, okay, immediately, more sooner than later, the 3D and 4D narrative is going to come true. And I read about it, but I also connected the dots. Every single one of their narratives, whatever they think is going to come true. I just didn't actually have the ability to know what it would look like uh, with people. Now I do. I also didn't know what 5D would look like, though, and now I do. <laughs> Thank God for the academics, man. Oh, I'm so happy. I love you, Sadhguru, but you're not enough. You're definitely not enough because the way that people distort your, your spirituality stuff, and I know you know this, so all hands on deck. Thank goodness we have the in-betweens who are 5D mystics. Okay. So that's uh, something to share. I know for a fact, <laughs> I know for a fact, and not preferences, no. I don't like thinking of people as stupid, but that's where I also know about what happens when people have using the dark sides of neuroplasticity and armored themselves in, and I know about the different soul age groups, and I know about the toroidal, higher, lower fields, all that mystic story stuff. Okay. So I also know, again, the armored is more important than the stories because of the therapist. And they can open up the doors to you, but you need to want to open up the doors to yourself. And when I said using the dark sides of neuroplasticity and armoring yourself in, this is something I need to address with the words of somatic therapists. And the words are dysregulated embodied self and modulated embodied self. And how my Lovely Dr. Chris in my Awakened Embodied Certificate, forgive me, I don't remember your last name, spelled out, all bodies know where they're headed. And he, with the most calm tone, shared with us all this information. And I was like, you're wonderful. Because <laughs> we all get so worried and so worked up and, and so sad and not in the way of let me tell you how to live life and lecture you to death. No, it's we're so, when we see children who are living hell, we're sad. We're sad for them. Eventually, we disengage from being sad for them. 
And that's because when you wish upon a star and it doesn't make a difference who you are and your wish does not come true <laughs> again and again and again and again. And it's not because you're wishing for money <laughs> or any of that. No, oh no, those are so egoic and, and, and they're, they're so meaningless. No, no, you're wishing for, for something so random. Okay, so I'm going to share one of the most random and simple of these wishes without wishing it, without any of that. It's, it's purely a moment of uh, hope, meaning, now yeah, maybe it will happen. You know, they promised it. Maybe it will happen. But my hunch is it's not going to happen. But, you know, let me leave it open. And you laugh at yourself, not in a way of teasing, because, see, when you're meta-aware with equanimity I don't I've never laughed at Maria <laughs> oh you're such a fool you poor unfortunate no I'm not an unfortunate soul that's the point <laughs> I'm not no I laugh in a way of you you believed it and you were shown it's not true but not in oh I'm so uh, nobody loves me nobody cares <laughs> so <clears throat> that's because uh let me share as a teenager the one time I did the, I'm all alone. I was like, what are you talking about? You got a mother, a twin. You can't be physically alone, Maria. Uh, why are you using this false sentence? Oh, wait, you're unhappy right now. Okay. Oh, wait, that's right. They don't tell you what you want to hear. So you're, you're complaining, Maria. I'm not even joking, people. Okay. This is how simple <laughs> it is for a teenager to say, I chose love. It's unconditional. Uh, just because I don't like how they're handling something doesn't mean I'm not loved. What the fuck of an excuse is this? You sound like a, you sound like those teenagers who don't know how to be grown-ups. No, how to handle themselves. That's all I would be. Uh, what are you doing? Why are you so insecure? What is this? So, common sense is the word I used. Okay sharing choice points. So there are always going to be choice points. And again, those who easily do this, it's not because of a special gift from God. No. Uh, God told me, I made you the way I want you to be. Don't go envying and jealousy. And when you find out that envy and jealousy is part of our ancestors' way of staying alive, staying alive. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I love that song. But with lions, bears, and tigers, you're fucked. You didn't stay alive. Your lifeline, you're cut out. <clears throat> so when you learn about the attachment system, you learn, one, your family is that first layer. And then you learn about the societal system, and that's when you become an adolescent. And those two are the two choice points that you get to have, you, the human being, you. <clears throat> for me, I chose myself in both cases. I chose to stand up for myself and maintain differentiation, and I chose again as a teenager, and I chose the word love, and I share it, and I chose easily to stay in meta-awareness and navigate the soothe system. So whenever I would have heartbreak, I would not be like, I'm so unfortunate, nobody wants me. And when I've shared stories with people, here's the difference of the narrative. Mine is a human love narrative that then gets shared back to me with the human suffering love narrative of, yeah, I was also unwanted, and I was the black sheep, and I, as a teenager, could tell that they were telling me a human suffering narrative, and I was like, that's not what I mean, because then they would start talking about my loved ones in ways that I didn't agree with, 
because do not insult my loved ones. What I'm sharing is a moment of my life and I'm not actually casting a stone because I actually felt ashamed when I did realize I was casting one by using the words good and bad because Jesus told me and so did God how I wasn't God. I'm not Jesus. I'm not any of that and I'm not perfect and I felt ashamed because I was judging another person without walking in their shoes. It's called casting a stone. And I felt that is reason to be ashamed, Maria, but you didn't know you were doing it. And the grown-ups didn't tell you. <clears throat> and I was able to, with my equanimous teenage voice, make sense of they were teaching you because as a zero one-year-old, you would have put your finger in a socket. As a three-year-old, as a four-year-old, and here's where as a adolescent with other adolescents in my D.A.R.E. program, I got to witness those adolescents not hear what we got taught, but come back the complete opposite. So here's the, here's the story of this one. We got taught about people and when they, children and just anyone, uh, killing themselves and cutting, basically, and that it was a cry for help. And the next day from this teaching, next to me, I was sitting in a, in a chair, and I have the image right here, and I remember her name, I think, was Allison or one of, yeah, Allison with a Y. I think she would correct us or something like that. Long, long blonde hair, big girl, meaning taller. I'm small, though, so <laughs> to me, they're, they're big. Um, and she's wearing a skirt, and you can clearly see that she had cut herself. And it's because I turned around because I was looking to the teacher, and I noticed it because it was visible. My eyes saw it. And I remembered, we just got taught that that's a cry for help. But we also got taught how children tell you not to say anything because then you're going to go tell the grown-ups. And as an adolescent, you're looking to be accepted by your peers or you don't, wanna, you don't want to go against your peers because that's your next lifeline. So automatically, so here's where this societal system it's a german dude i believe his name that talks about it in my trauma basic course no this is my trauma mastery course a second one from nicabm it's a a follow-up to the other trauma master course they have that helps you to help people to move even further beyond if there's any way that you notice they're actually not moving forward and you want some extra ways to move forward so in this updated course with nicabm i got to hear from this guy who says as an adolescent, you have your second lifeline and you're going to want to connect to your peers. And I had already learned about that from Daniel Siegel because that's where we have a pruning process of our brain and we move into our next alloparenting family, which is going to be our peers. So our next attachment group figures. <clears throat> and so I saw this thing. I do not remember if I did go tell the teacher because I was not a person who cared to listen to my peers because they were not making wise decisions. But I also didn't know if it was true. And I remember that they taught us in the D.A.R.E. program how to handle this, which was first to address it with the person and then to maybe, if you need to, go and tell someone. And so here's where I remember probably checking in with them and then figuring out if it wasn't something that was necessary to go tell them to not. And that that's basically, an ex, the experience was not about, I didn't feel bad, I was confused. I was like, what did she, what, didn't she hear what they told us? I don't understand. 
that's how my brain was. I don't, I don't understand why she did this. She didn't hear what they explained. And, and that's it. And that's it. And everything else that I just shared, that's, that's all that that moment gave me out. And this, which is with knowledge, does not come wisdom. Uh, too much information at a young age seems to do the opposite. And that was part of the equation. But not sharing at all at all doesn't help either. And this is why when an educator says, and I've seen there's this dude, he shares mental health information, but his motto is something along the, of the, along of the lines of education helps you to make healthy choices. No, that's bullshit. No, it's not. Patrick Tiahan, he says it best. He says you can get all the psych education you want online. It's free. You're not going to have the ability unless you're really, really aware of yourself, to disengage from your inner child's shame, blame, fault, and revenge patterns. And here's what it is true, what he says. Because what I've seen, and I'm 43, is exactly that. Which is why, again, when you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. No, your wishes don't come true. Because shame leads people to do this, inner critic, outer critic, fuck, drugs, alcohol, and food, and shopaholicism, and whatever it is, and they're going to make excuses because the movies show them how cool, because we grew up in an era where that I saw it as not cool, but I was teased about it and called the oddball, which I didn't give two shits about because I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm pretty sure body's not going to thank you for all of what you're doing. I also don't give a shit because you're immature. You're stupid to me because you, you literally don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So once you get to be a teenager who's like, yeah, uh, I'm not picking any of you because you can't, you can't stand up here. You all lied and you all do things that are dangerous and you all do things that are inconsistent with what you're getting and they're all bad for you. And when I got told to mind my own business by teenagers and in a way that made sense, I understood. I said, you know what? They're right. I should mind my own business. So in my fucking business, I wouldn't have somebody tell me what to do. You know what? That's a great piece of advice. Thank you. So here's why our loved ones, they're all awesome. Everything is awesome. Everything is. And here's my lovely Elvis song. You only hurt the ones you love. And as I contemplated that, I said, well, you know what? You are going to meet people, Maria, that you won't like and they won't like you. And they will tell you. So isn't it better that you get to handle it with people who you know love you? And that's because they're just telling you their personal opinion. And that's because we're different. And that's because I am in a household where it's okay to be different for real. Because I'm sensitive. I'm emotional. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's okay because we talk and laugh about it. <clears throat> and I'm healthy self-worth though. Okay, so when you have self-agency, it's you don't whine about it, you have a human love narrative. And when the teenagers hear it, though, they will have regurgitated back to you with their human suffering love narrative. And so you learn how I'm not going to share with these teenagers anything at all that is related to my spectrum of love because they make it into suffering. They always twist it, and they turn it into a zero-one, three-year-old with a teenage saga that I had to hear, I'm all alone. Oh, they broke up with me. Oh, I'm all alone. And at a certain point, to some of my friends, I'd be like, but I'm here. 
Yes, Maria, but you don't count. It's not the same thing, your love. I, I want, I want them. I want a lover. I, I, you're, you're not. I can't fuck you. As at a certain point, obviously, that's what it, it meant. And, and I'm like, I know it's not the same. I, I'm so sorry that you feel like this. But in my head, I'm like, this is a lie. You're not alone. And that's why I would say you're not alone. And I was, in fact, trying to get them out of what is structural dissociation and into their prefrontal cortex. But they continued wanting to navigate their survival mode and, and ruminate, essentially, with another human being versus have what is an actual productive conversation. So at a certain point, it would be, uh, why are you taking their side? Because then they would start insulting these people as a teenager. And I'd say, you're, you're doing something that's not nice. And Jesus informed me that this is not the way to do Christianity, by the way, and you're a Christian. And then they would be like, well, I'm not Jesus. And I'd be like, yeah, but you're a human and you have Jesus to look to. And I think you are a hypocrite if you're not going to do the forgive them for they do not know. So at a certain point, they, they wouldn't come to me with their comments of the people that, you know, and they wouldn't come and whine about being alone. No, they'd still do that part. I would just say, I'm so sorry that I'm not enough eventually. So now I, I just automatically know how to say, I'm so sorry that I'm not enough because I'm not going to be your fucking buddy or your basically lover because I can't because I'm not attracted to you at all. If you're a man and I don't want you, you'll know it. And if you're a woman, I won't want you because I'm not attracted to women. And lo and behold, when you wish upon a star and people keep whining about life in their, no, not their soothing system, their survival drama mode, and they don't go to good therapy in 2024, <clears throat> you don't have anything to say except for we don't help people. No, no, uh, we don't even plant seeds because the seeds will have been planted. And they, as Patrick Tiahan points out, don't want to do the emotional lifting. No, they go and actually do things like this. Let me get our lovely Patrick to add, because his wisdom serves a really big and important part for those who deny their own childhood trauma. And when we meet people who do not know anything about childhood trauma and they treat people like pieces of shit, we know a non-disciple when we see one. Here's what a non-disciple will do to a person who's actually going to be trying to get out of being a compulsive thief, whether consciously or unconsciously with a therapist or not, don't matter. So when a person is open to unconditional love, a person who's a 5D mystic will not refuse them or reject them or scold them. They will know intuitively speaking. And you know what they trust? And you know why? And here's the part about when you wish upon a star. Makes no difference who you are. And you know that not anything of what you desire might come true. Because that's how life works. <laughs> because you'll be told the world doesn't revolve around you. And you will not have everything you want. And life is hard. And you're going to have to face it. And you know those grown-ups who say shit like that, but you have meta-awareness and your suit system. So your suit system is for a grown-up. No, it's an emotional mature person who knows how to self-regulate. It's called I'm my own safe haven. You know how to support your zero, one-year-old, your two-year-old, your three-year-old, your nervous system. I've done this plenty of times, even with panic attacks. 
So, mystic or not, functional adults uh, as teenagers know how to be not whiners. And lo and behold, feel lucky because we know how to unconditionally love and stay open-hearted. And we know the difference between a compulsive thief and a non-disciple. Because see, if you're a disciple, you won't come to me in any way, shape, or form and tell me not to love. And so on that note, as people, when a person comes to a human being to tell them not to love, a human being who is a functional adult will know that they have in the presence somebody who wants something from them. And it doesn't matter what they want. All that I will share is that they're sharing something that will be clear. So we will address their concerns and everything they will tell us with one of our mannerisms, which will be, you are so kind and caring so much about me. And that is all. And we will know about what it is to be a Zen master because the only reason a person would deny their soothe system to be online is in the very moment where I see that you have a weapon in your hand. That's it. If you're a teenager who enjoys to have the rumors, if you are a 4D mystic who thinks you can do magic wand tricks, if you are an individual who does not know what serious business means, you're not grounded in reality. And I will share this in a very specific way. And this is something funny that I realized about uh, people in my life. When I share aspects and stories that have taken place, and one of them was uh, on Instagram, I have in time re been reached out by bots. I believe they're bots, whether they're hackers or scammers, it doesn't matter, as an online marketer and just a person who knows how to notice that my gut says something's off and to allow myself to, to leave it alone because I know how to handle online potential scammers. I am actually informed on cybersecurity, thankfully, and so I'm knowledgeable in this. I also understand how to handle myself when I walk in the street and basically a, a common sense person. So I know how not to make anything into a big deal. And if I'm walking around the street, I don't do it alone on purpose so that I may ensure my physical safety. I know the people that are around me. So here's where when people talk about what happens in the movies, I also know studies. Uh, when you are potentially going to be attacked physically, it will be by people you know. And lo and behold, luckily, I'm a grown-up, so I don't have to worry about family members. And that's good for me, right? Because we know some don't have that luxury. I know all of my friends, and I know how to trust my gut. So when it comes to what people can do, it's very clear to me, technologically speaking, as well as physically. And I'm breaking this down like this on purpose, because when I see a 4D mystic reader talking to people about be careful, your loved ones are in danger, <sighs> or there's shit going down in ways that makes me think of conspiracy theorists. Okay, this is going to get too long. So long story short, 
I'm going to leave that one alone because there's just so many rabbit holes like Alice in Wonderland that people can go into. And if they don't realize it, you know what? <laughs> so I realized in a different way that some of the people around me live this. And it's because of sharing. Guess what I got? Reached out and da da da. And I actually, right here, asked human love narrative advice. And I got human suffering love narrative advice. And I was like, whoa, that one's fascinating. So when you realize that people live life like the movies, you just know they're thinking somebody's out to get you all the time. And then you realize there are people who wake up and actually think about how people are going to go out and get them. So you realize that there's a 4D, 3D plane. Okay, so on that note, I don't enjoy seeing 4D mystics uh, share what they share, but I know that there's 4D people out there who actually treat their relationships like that. And so when they get reached out to by people that are consistent, for example, individuals in communication or that having anxious, for example, patterns, they block them, uh, they call them names, uh, and they weaponize psych education, which is why it's a world that the lovely educators and the law enforcement will take care of. Okay, so back to Patrick Tihan. Uh, when people don't uh, handle their survival mode stuff, you need to get over it and stop with all this therapy BS. So when somebody's healing from their actual childhood stuff, this is what people have to say. They don't want to do emotional exploration and they don't appreciate them and they turn them into basically a failing. So let me continue reading. In fact, he crosses this sentence out and he says, when I was a child, whenever I expressed pain, my parents emotionally abused me. They told me I was being a manipulative victim. So I am doing that to you now. I'm turning your trauma into moral failing. And he goes on to share, what is it about being in therapy or talking about trauma that is so threatening to some people? I see the fuck your feelings crowd, both in society and our families. They live by this model. He says, I think it goes something like this. Quote on, he quotes. And so he's saying a statement. All expression of pain and injustice is manipulative victimhood, and it won't be tolerated. Don't be selfish and bring me down. I get enraged when I feel that people are trying to feel special or get sympathy from me. You don't see me bleeding all over everyone, do you? You little whiner. That's me adding that. So he then says, in addition, he says another piece to that. Just get over it, will you? Get over it, quote unquote sentiment may have been being raised by highly manipulative victim-based parents or grew up in non-protective aggressor codependency. Think good guys and bad guys only. You can't be that abusive without learning it from somewhere. And they are projecting parental figures onto others. My clients uh, who get the classes, classic get over it from friends or family or whoever, I try to remind them to think about the person saying it know your audience. They are having a reactive triggered response to hurt in another person, people, okay? He says, these folks exhibit symptoms of being abused as children, but they have no interest in looking at how they just repeat their family abuse around emotions. Families like this turn appropriate pain into moral failure and shame children for it. There's no insight into why their relationships don't work out or why some of their children don't talk to them. He goes on to say, 
<clears throat> being that unconscious has consequences in life because unconscious is what they're doing. They are reactive and they're actually telling a person to stop talking about their healing journey of trauma. And these are adults, not children. He says, I say this for perspective, not compassion. He says, real understanding for abusers comes long after people who have childhood trauma and they get healed. Our healing, he says. He says we, because he identifies since he's a childhood trauma survivor. We don't let toxic people tell us who we are anymore. Non-disciples can be put in this boat. The ones who say don't unconditionally love to those of us who do, like myself. It is also important to only disclose to safe people on similar paths. And safe people are only people who know about good trauma attachment and don't dismiss they also know when they have a 4D mystic and they know how to handle it without dismissing the mysticism part, but without allowing their story to take flight. Or people who say, you're in danger because I had this person, it's like, you're, you're talking and what you're saying makes me afraid for you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I've met the Masons and you're talking to, and, and they continued, and this is a person who's healing from, by the way, bipolar, and they're on a great journey, but they were all about conspiracies. And I was like, did you see the person? Do you know who I'm looking at right now? You're a human. What are you talking about? No, no, what you're saying is dangerous. No, I understand you believe in the plane of evil and devil. I am a mystic. As a 5D mystic, there is not this. When I see a person who has an armor on, I know they need a good therapist. That's what I know. I also know how to handle myself and be able to not make friends with people who our potential that because my gut will tell me like a flash my gut will immediately tell me and I know how to keep myself physically safe because I'm again smart to know how and where and who and what I'm, I'm not again like you know Red Riding Hood who's going to go into the house of a wolf all by myself if I see any red flags I will notice it and in fact I will keep it in mind because I'm a grown-up and I'll tell the people I trust and I will have chosen those people, and that involves my family, who I do trust. So the family, my family is trustworthy. They're not toxic. And, and that's why they know everything they need to know, which is where if they, you know, here's funny, have a laugh. My friends insisted at a certain point in my life, once I got uh, single again, to go on blind dates. And the times that I did, I always did this one thing. Here's where I'm going, and here's my number. Here's the person's number. I want you to check in on me if I don't come home or something. To the male in my blind date, uh, don't expect to fuck me, and actually don't you dare think we will at all because I'm only here because my friends made me. They said you should get out there, and there you go. And in another situation, I actually did this very thing because I was like, you know what? Maybe I should try meeting people with apps, which is not something I enjoy at all. And I brought my mother with me. And I'm not ashamed of it because if that was a serial murderer, fuck that shit. So there you go. And in fact, I said, you know what? I think I don't do apps. I think I might as well just go out because you'll, you'll be able to notice things. Or I can choose to go to some club. I'll meet people that have my same interests. And no, no, no religious people because, you know, I'm a mystic. So I'm the devil automatically for those people. <coughs> so... As <clears throat> I want to finish with Patrick Tiahan, 
Uh, as he says, we also don't let a self-righteous, abusive person who is full of untreated or untreatable trauma shame us for doing the right thing and recovering. And he's going to be releasing a uh, video on dismantling victim mindset, which is the usual accusation survivors face. And on that note, uh, when I presented to anyone who has implicit bias, so in college years, the aspects that I was talking about in our part one, I didn't do it by shaming, blaming, faulting, or revenging. When I've addressed non-disciples, I didn't do it with any accusations, no. And also, by the way, I trust my gut 200%. And when you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are, and your wishes don't come true, and you're blue, Here's what I learned in every one of these occasions, which is not, I'm dying inside. No, I learned there's no ego death <clears throat> or dark night of the soul. And so I learned about the 4D mystics lie. And that's where, though, I did remember, oh, wait a minute. I now know, no, I didn't remember. I learned attachment and trauma information. And now I know, oh, they're pseudo alive. So they're living survival mode all the time. And they shit show and they're not going to get therapy, and they want to think they can uh, save people or shame people. And in either cases, they're non-disciples, and I'm not fooled or tricked by them at all. I know exactly who is open to expansion, and that's because I'm the mystic in the Enlightenment Soul Age group, not the other way around. And right now, I am quite serious about my relationship with the sphere of consciousness and my educational background with trauma and attachment informed, that I can have concerns. They're not concerns that are um, of any physical nature. They will only be concerns of a human nature which equals teenagers who gossip. That's it. That's not something important because you know what I know about people who gossip? They have low self-esteem. And they are all non-disciples, and they are so petty. I met them as teenagers. Envy and jealousy were our ancestors' emotions because they would get kicked out of the herd, and that lifeline meant physical death. And our bodies biologically still remember that. And since I did learn that data point, when I see people who are jealous and envious, and they don't know that some of us aren't <clears throat> insecure, and then that they suffer rage when they see people that they don't want to be loved. All I can say is if they awaken to their self, they might one day get out of that. In the meantime, we're going to not be a crutch. And they do have access to us, of course. They're our loved ones in a very specific way. And that's we have an ear and we know the right silence, and we're a safe haven, because I don't judge those people. They're insecure. They can't stand up for themselves. They couldn't, and their household was frightening or frightened, and they were manipulated, and they were in, they still are, actually, non-disciples who continue to do something which is harass people who are trying to heal or get somewhere. And when I've seen this take place, I did not, and still to this day, do not have any confusion. And it's again because I do have a relationship with the sphere of consciousness. And here's how you know, again, a non-disciple 
which is a person who has suffering, and that's because they fear, not because of jealousy or envy, no, none of that. <clears throat> when it's jealousy or envy, you know it's jealousy or envy because it kind of goes around like this. They make up stories, one, <clears throat> and you find out. They will lie, two. Oh, I forgot, they exaggerate, three. Yeah, that's right. So they exaggerate, and they don't know how to stay in the middle. So when you try and say, stay in the middle, and they exaggerate more, and you as a Zen master repeat, stay in the middle, because they've surrounded that compulsive thief. They, they've decided who's their target. We know it. Again, we're not blinded by any of it, because meta-awareness people, we're rocking and rolling here, and it's because we have the love narrative. I know I'm imperfect. I know I can be considered a lot of things, so I'm just looking without judging anyone. I don't cast a fucking stone. No, no, I'm observing my environment. Oh, am I observing? And I will see a crowd of non-disciples when I see them. And, and, and as a Zen master, I will know exactly who the crowd is surrounding. And this is why there will be only the people that are my safe space that will know. <laughs> and that's only the people that I know, again, from my heart. And it doesn't matter if, when you wish upon a star, your dreams do not come true, because the dreams are not actually anything except for wishing and hoping and praying. And, and so here's where serious business, as we close on out, the zero one-year-old. So we all have secure attachment figures and you make them as you grow up. And that's why I learned my first two important lessons in very important ways. And then I learned the following lessons in other important ways. And I'm remaining vague on purpose, but it's always been my oversoul. So I know exactly who my handful of people are because of me being a person who knows about Zero one-year-old, they just don't always agree with you. And that's the point. And we all have lives. So things will happen. And I have compersion. As a solo polyamory, securely attached person, I want all my loved ones to live the highlight of their life, however that may be. They want to be an asshole. They can go and be an asshole. I'm not the law. I tell them, don't break the law. You're going to end up in prison. Other than that, do whatever the fuck you want. And actually, I make them also aware of how I feel about things that I observe so much that I try my best to be a little buzzing bee, not a mosquito, and actually not a bee. And you know why you learn about those who are actually okay with the buzzing of the bee and the song that you sing? And it's because <laughs> energy, oh, the beauty of energy. And so energy, when you have a relationship with Akash, it doesn't lie. Purusha is what we are. There will be a very clear, open line to hearts that are desiring to expand their consciousness. There will be a very clear, distorted line when hearts are trying to manipulate because they have a distorted reality. And because we know they can't see clearly, and here's where, as an attachment and trauma-informed person, they're toxic manipulators, and they're not healed, a non-disciple will have no value to us whatsoever in anything that comes out of their mouth. The value it will share with us is the way that we will be able to speak to them. 
They will give us words and comprehension. And so we will address them in very specific ways, and we will address the exaggerations, whether it's in the uh, loving or not loving. And you will know you've got a liar, liar, pants on fire, meaning a person who's traumatized and not well, jealousy and whatever it is, don't matter, when they begin to share, no, no, but I am a good person. I am doing the right thing. That's the minute where the Zen master will be like, oh, now you're trying to convince me that you're a disciple, which by the way, I actually don't consider enlightenment soul age group. We don't do the Zen master. We just do direct communication. So the minute that we're being told, no, no, I'm not playing the victim. I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean. No, no, I'm not exaggerating anything. I, I'm spelling the truth. I know you don't believe me right now. And let me try to make you believe me. And as the lovely therapist that I've learned from, and as I do trust my nervous system, that's exactly what they've always said. Because I say, hey, I'm not a therapist. How do I handle people that are doing personal development with me? Serious business and uh, not people who are random, you know, in my life. I don't go doing, let me tell you how to handle things unless I'm asked. Then I do the, here's what you know about me. Here's what I'm going to share with you as a 5D mystic enlightenment functional adult with trauma and attachment. Go to therapy. Now, that's what I do. Whenever I've got the crutch people, therapy, therapy. I, I know this is going to get boring, therapy again. And that's because they want to talk about mysticism and spirituality. And I don't support spiritual bypassers or liars, liars, pants on fire. No, I don't support human suffering, love narratives. So I don't support your inner not well-being. So I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to give you a solution. If you don't like it, you're not going to say you don't like it because you will know me. <clears throat> and so when I can translate in direct communication like a grown-up, it's because like with my teachers, the one who suffice, and I handled myself by saying, hey, you know, I uh, have a question. I got this, 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 and it's because of my grade. <laughs> so see, I did have a reason. My reason was you actually gave me a grade that is less than what I know I deserve. Uh, and I know that something that's not the truth, had you give me that grade, which means you distorted your reality and you're a professor. Hmm. So I knew that. And lo and behold, my grade went up after I had the conversation. Although as I was having the conversation and pointing out, I did what you told us to do. And in fact, you underlined it. And I compared it to my classmates. And I know I did what you asked us. So I don't understand why I got this grade which is a low grade, it's gonna fuck with my GPA. I didn't use that term, I just said it's gonna mess up my GPA, you know how GPAs work. And I don't know why you didn't give me this one, because this one would have given me this point, and, and so I'm, I'm unclear, I, I really would like to understand this. And as I asked, no, I'm sorry, I, I can't change your grade now, I wrote your grade, no, okay, I, I just thought I'd ask, because you know, I figured I, I don't understand, and thank you. I go home, I get an email, and lo and behold, I did get my grade up because probably I, I made a very, yes, I had proof. No, I didn't accuse them. Do I care if they knew about their implicit bias? Nah, not really, but I would have expected as me, a meta-aware, Zen master, emotional adult, and here's why the academics mean nothing to me unless they are just like me, aware of shit like that, which would be they would not have done that, basically. And I know exactly who those people are. 
So you always know a liar, liar, pants on fire, by the way. And that's anybody who has crap to say about humanity because they obviously don't know how to have a equanimous conversation, which is we're going to have likes and dislikes and disappointments. Are they disappointments? Not really. Once you realize that people don't know how to be emotional grown-ups because they have unresolved trauma and we don't perpetuate it. So the Zen masters that don't walk around wanting to be gurus. Uh, yes, that's right. We don't want to be that. We know you can be your own guru and we're not going to tell it to you like a spiritual story. No, I'm sharing it with you the human way. You can inspire your human potential if you're motivated to be yourself. And if you understand that dealing with unknown uncertainty, unexpected, unwanted comes from within you with your flow, you can only achieve flow with integration of the brain which means you left and right mode meta-awareness with or without yoga. If you can't say something nice and know that you want to say it because you're upset, lo and behold, that's why twin flame people have sagas. With my twin flames, they were not and are not assholes. They're not evils. Uh, did they make choices that I disagree with? Of course. It's called we're different people, but I have compersion. Again, solo poly here. As long as you're happy, mwah, I smile and wave. And I actually am happy and I thank them because see, here's where when you do know about wisdom from your body and your mind because you have harmony, you know that your body's never against you. The people you've picked, they're not against you just because you don't like what they're doing. Again, gossip is not threatening unless you present a physical threat. Oh, let me let me share this with you all as we close on out. I've had friends that disregarded their gut and in, <clears throat> in a very serious way. I, as they came to me, said, do you feel physically threatened? In fact, I've now learned how to ask that question to grown women because they will come to me with words such as I'm being massacred and I'm translating or I am afraid. I'm afraid in my body. Oh, I'm, and I'm OK. So I say, OK, wait a minute, because they come. This is these are people I've known my entire life. So I now know about pseudo liveness. Thank you, trauma therapists. And like, uh, wait, can I just be clear? the word you used, now I'm worried. Are you physically in any threat? And sometimes I've had people who say, yes, but I don't want to leave uh, because it's their family. So much that their family is threatening them physically. Now, thankfully, that person, they got out of that house. But when they were in the house and they're reaching out to me, and that's only one of the other, there's a handful. That's why I learned you don't help people. You can support them, but they get to choose. So I'm like, if you're physically threatened, you need to call the cops. Yeah, no, I know. My therapist even told me, but no, I don't want to. But you're in danger. Yeah, but no, I don't. I can't. I just, I physically can't betray my, no, I don't. I feel bad. And here's where Gabor Mate, as he points out, don't be nice. But people, they don't know about their shame cycle with childhood trauma. They, they won't do it. I've had people, no, I can't. And they didn't leave. They didn't leave. And lo and behold, all those people, you know what I found them being in? Not only toxic they get out of these very very toxic no they're, they're this is the part they find themselves in fucking shitty situations and I don't have as a zen master I'm not going to say I told you so that's fucking bullshit and evil and can evil ignorance <laughs> because people that do that don't know about attachment or trauma information and that that human being is officially in a shame cycle, their attachment, whatever, it doesn't matter. Whatever comes out of your fucking mouth will not matter. They've proven it. So the best you can do is try to keep them in a space of you have a safe haven and a direct communicator. And they learn that. So that's why we know the difference is that people will know when you're a safe space.
and you will know when they don't know how to do things and with true wisdom of the heart, thank you, attachment and trauma information people, and mysticism, it's not confusing if you're 5D and leave the 4D out of it. They're in pseudo-liveness. They're not meta-aware. They think they know things. Spirituality bypass, as are any extreme religious people in any way, shape, or form, or anyone who's extreme on anything, and doesn't talk to you about you being a human and people being choice points and you not exaggerating, but not making it into a not big deal either. It's called you have feelings and you want to talk about it in a human love narrative way, not a human suffering one, because that's just the perpetuation of your biases and everything that's your implicit shit, okay? On that note, we don't go telling people, again, in all those circumstances, those people got the person who I am personally, which is a friend, I'm here to support you and to hold you, and when you're going to criticize yourself, I will just share with you, there's good trauma therapists, you know that, right? <clears throat> okay, just saying. <clears throat> And uh, when they actually say, no, no, I'm going to stay in the actual physical dangerous situation, which has been shared with me, which is why when you wish upon a star, there's no shit you can't do when your wish don't come true. And this person stayed in a, this house for at least another year. And I'm worried about her physical well-being, but she told me clear as day, I don't and will not leave this dangerous physical situation. And I, even if, so here's where you have proof, even when... Those of us who care will call the cops, will get them forcefully to go to therapy, and then they get out of therapy and they find a loophole and they're able to get out of They will, the shame cycle, they will isolate and repeat again. And that's it. So when you wish upon a star and you already know that there ain't no dream that's going to come true, <clears throat> this is why you don't have surprises and thankfully, you have what is called a brain to learn more. And I got to learn about the horrible, horrible business of evil ignorance of people who don't know how deadly a shame cycle is because they're all out there being teenagers and lecturing people. I don't lecture. There is a human love narrative in every person. Those who want the human suffering love, they got plenty of ancient silverbacks. And that's where we're going to end our episode. So... It's an extended one. Uh, you have the opportunity to be your own one safe haven, secure base. There is a journey for it with good therapists for those who need it. For those who don't, it's really great that you don't because I had fun getting here and I know you are going to have fun getting here because if you are a person who knows human love, you know that what I shared is findable because it's all over the place online. And that's where I am so happy today to share with you that I know what 5D is because for the longest time I'm like what the fuck is 5D going to be like I thought of it in a certain way <clears throat> and this story excuse me for my voice but this story this one I won't I don't know if I'll ever share it like this but um, this story is that I awoken in the most sad of ways if you will <clears throat> but it was like the movie of the man on the moon when uh, he, at the end, is trying to save his physical life and he turns around and realizes that out of despair he believes something that's not true. And in this case, though, <laughs> it wasn't despair. It wasn't despair. My way of believing what was going to happen was like a child. And it does make me <laughs> want to cry, though, because 
It's kind of like the Pinocchio where he wishes on a star. And in this case, though, uh, my wish wasn't in the thin air. It was with Jesus, with Jesus, who I did get to learn about, which is why I laughed at myself and said, Maria, <laughs> he was a man who, you know, of course, he's, he's special, like every one of us is, no more special, functional adult, made an impact, made a difference, led something and became, but he was a man. And that's where it stands. So you do, as a 5D mystic, understand why science is magic that works. And I wasn't sad about it. I actually, <laughs> I, I laughed about it. I laughed at myself. I said, you're, you're so cute, Maria. <laughs> you believed in, in magic. And then I said, yeah, I do believe in magic. And so there you go. <clears throat> with my lovely, crappy voice right now, I share with you. Uh, there's also a great lady. Her name is the Crappy Childhood Fairy. She's actually another childhood trauma survivor who isn't a therapist, but she has great content. It's cute and good. So you could follow her too if you want on YouTube and places like that. But our loved ones are choice points for us to become functional adults. And then they're called resources when you have them uh, as safe haven, secure bases. Obviously, I do know for me, Jesus is more than just a man, but he is also just a man as God is just intelligence. But it's for those who believe still with the word, it's more than just intelligence. But the dark energy, dark matter and sciences is actually what we know can explain life. And it's not going to take away from that magic for a person who knows the human love narrative. So I look forward to your questions and hope this supports all of you to be your loving selves. We'll be back again soon.